It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. And we welcome you to another edition of a Wired, the Pistons podcast, proudly brought to you by Jeep, fresh off a Pistons victory over the New York Knicks on Wednesday night, 122 to 102. Matt Derry with you. We'll talk a little bit about last night's game and the Pistons victory, update you on some very important medical statuses. Uh, Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, Tim Frazier, Reggie Jackson. When will those guys be back? We'll let you know. And we will talk to Sirius XM NBA Radio's Tom Byrne. You hear him every single night. If you're not tuned into the Sirius XM NBA postgame show late night after games, Tom Byrne does a fantastic job, and it replays in the mornings. You should check it out. Tom knows everything about the uh, the NBA, watches the Pistons every night. Uh, on the dish, and we'll talk to him in a little bit as well about Pistons basketball. But you got to figure this four and five record for this team off the win on Wednesday over the Knicks. It's a game that they had to get, and they're doing all this without arguably their two most important players. We know how important Andre Drummond has been, and the numbers that Dre is putting up have been staggering. He should have been the player of the week in the Eastern Conference this past week with all the 2020 games that he's putting up. He wasn't. Giannis was, and I thought that was unfair. But this team still, the engine that still makes this thing go is going to be Blake Griffin, both on the inside and outside and complimenting Andre Drummond. And then, of course, you got Derrick Rose, who started the year as the fan favorite. We mentioned it last week on the show. We talked to Isaiah Thomas just about how impressive D. Rose has been running the point and getting everybody in position and also driving and distributing and hitting the short-range jump shots. He's been out with that hamstring strain. Uh, As far as Blake Griffin goes, he's been bothered by the hamstring and the knee soreness. Today, the Pistons announced that Griffin's been cleared by team medical staff to participate in all basketball-related activities, so he has started to return to game action progression, meaning it's any time now that Blake Griffin could come back. And with no games being played Saturday or Sunday, Pistons will play um, Friday night uh, in Indy. Second time already they're playing the Pacers in Indy, and the third time, we're in November 8th tomorrow, and the Pistons and Pacers would have played three times. But he could be back Monday night when the Timberwolves come to Little Caesars Arena. Uh, Pistons say uh, Blake's progress for a return to action will be monitored on a day-to-day basis. So you looked at the schedule, and you looked at the amount of games that Blake Griffin might have been missing at the start of the year, and you thought, uh-oh, you know, how is this team going to survive without their all-everything, all-star uh, forward? And so far, like I said, four and five with a chance to be at 500 uh, after Friday night. If they can beat the Pacers, which they've done twice already this season, uh, would not be a would not be a bad look for Dwayne Casey and his staff with Griffin being out this long. Also, Derek Rose uh, with the hamstring strain continues a treatment and rehab regimen. Team says his progress for a return to action also monitored on a day to day basis. Both guys were back at practice on Thursday. And uh, we'll see if if either or any uh, can go on Friday against Indy. I would guess probably, like I said, more looking more towards Monday. Tim Frazier, the third string point guard. I mean, the point guards have just have just uh, completely um, uh, the point guard position has just collapsed from a health standpoint. Reggie Jackson has that back injury; he's going to be out a while. Tim Frazier's got a shoulder strain; he's day to day. Derrick Rose hamstring strain. But give credit to Bruce Brown. Um, we talked about it at media day with Bruce about playing the point and in what type of situation would he be forced to play big minutes? Well, Bruce Brown goes out on Wednesday night and plays 34 minutes at point guard. 
scores nine points, dishes out six assists, plays good defense, and his stock just continues to rise. We haven't seen this team yet with its full arsenal, uh, Jim Price trademark. We haven't seen this team with their full arsenal of players the entire year. You know, Markeith Morris started the year a little bit banged up. Blake Griffin's been out. Reggie Jackson got hurt. Derek Rose got hurt. Tim Frazier got hurt. Um, so, you know, now they're given, they're, they've been given an opportunity. These guys are going to succeed. And I like the fact that Dwayne Casey kind of swallowed his pride and said, I made a mistake, especially there during that home opener, not playing Christian Wood. And all he's done in averaging around 18, 19, 20 minutes a night is bring a lot of activity. And those are the type of players, a Christian Wood, Svee, and others, Bruce Brown, who's a second-round pick, those are the type of guys going to get an opportunity here to shine and turn this into a much, much deeper team and hopefully at the end of the year a better team than what they saw a year ago. That, that has a good chance of happening. Right, let's do it, everybody. Love talking to this guy from Sirius XM NBA Radio. You hear him after every, pretty much every night uh, talking on the NBA Today post-game show. He also hosts on Mad Dog Sports Radio on the weekends. The great Tom Byrne. Nobody knows the NBA quite like this guy. What's up, Tom? Matt, my friend, how are you? Thanks for having me. Man, I, I love talking to you about the NBA. I know I listen to you a, a lot on Sunday nights on my, on my long drives home, uh, just about NFL and everything else. But I know right now is probably your favorite time of year, right? NBA's in full swing, football going on. You're, you're a busy guy. Yeah, no doubt college basketball gets underway. It feels a little early for college hoops, and you can't get too bogged down with regular season matchups because, you know, let's be honest, North Carolina Duke doesn't mean anything. They're going to meet again two more times at the very least, and seeding isn't a huge concern. They're going to get in. But that said, as a sports fan who just wants to see more games, man, it doesn't get much better than this. College football is about to get real interesting down the stretch. All right, so the Pistons are four and five. You know, I know you talk every game, every team after every, every every night when when you get on about one in the morning, especially with the West Coast games. But Detroit's four and five without Blake Griffin, without Reggie Jackson, Derek Rose in and out of the lineup. What are your impressions of what Dwayne Casey's done so far? Considering the circumstances, he's done an okay job to say the least. Probably even a good job. I know they're under five hundred, but they don't have Blake Griffin. Look, I want to give a lot of credit to Derek Rose, who has really been outstanding when available to them. I mean, it's not the old Derrick Rose. The elite Derrick Rose is not coming back, but let's put that aside. We shouldn't even need to bring that up anymore. Considering where the expectations should be today, he has been outstanding. Andre Drummond's been beastly. So those two guys have really been the catalyst. You know, Brown needs to be better. There are some other guys. Kennard's been okay. They've got to get better production from some of these other guys on the roster. But you know what? When Blake Griffin comes back, Matt, they have a lot of depth. They're going to be a pain in the butt in the Eastern Conference. I don't think their ceiling is high enough to you know, consider them a contender necessarily. But once they get Blake back, Blake and Drummond, I don't know if I love the fit, but Blake and Drummond, and of course Reggie, who's only played two games and has not played well. That's a whole different story. They could be a pain in the neck to somebody. What about Drummond? Uh, contract year, you know, uh, opening night, the the first home uh, the first home game, the home opener. You know, he does like the money man Zell sign when they introduce him, but he he's earning it, man. He's uh, he's been an absolute, like you said, just beasting right now with the twenty twenty nights. What do you think it's? Uh, what do you think the key for him has been? Listen, I just think this is who he is. He's never going to be the guy you give the ball to twenty feet away from the bucket and say, "Go get me one big fella." But he's going to be a dominant rebounder on the nights where he's truly locked in, and he's got to remain locked in on a nightly basis. That's the key. Sometimes he seems to lose focus, gets a little soft with his play underneath, but for the most part, when he's physical and determined, 
he's going to get you 20 rebounds. And that is not normal in today's game. He's probably the best at that. And you know what? As a rim runner, <clears throat> rim runner part of me, he could have a lot of value for this team. So not surprisingly, in a contract year, that's a little extra motivation, as we know, Matt. Funny how guys get a little bit more motivated when they're in a walk here. But this guy's been outstanding, and he's going to get every last penny. I was talking to uh, Isaiah Thomas last week here on the Wired Pistons podcast, and he said, hey, yes, the game is changing, but I'll still take a guy that's pulling down 20 rebounds and kind of doesn't fit today's game. You know, are you super maxing a guy like this? Um, you know, despite the fact that he, like I said, it's not today's NBA where, you know, you got, you got bigs like Miles Turner and others stepping out shooting threes. Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question. It's a tough predicament to be in because when you have a big who can't stretch the floor, therefore you're limiting your offense to an extent. It's not Drummond's fault, though, that the other offense catalyst is also a big. So, again, the fit is still in question some, and we'll get a better view of that, obviously, when Blake Griffin returns. But because of his age, I think he is going to get the full max. Now, we'll see if they have to go super max. That depends on the all-NBA and everything else. So it's weird from the Detroit fan perspective because as well as he's played you don't want him to play so well that all of a sudden you got to allocate more funds to him now some of it just depends on ownership and how deep are they willing to go into the luxury tax but at the end of the day if Andre Drummond continues to play like this it doesn't matter what I say it doesn't matter what you say Matt they're going to sign him Tom Byrne with me Sirius XM NBA radio host post game show each and every night so if you're driving around and you want the recap and opinions uh, after every game. Tom's the best at it. You look at the East, and we're only a couple of weeks in, Tom, but w- what stands out before we dive into s- some more Pistons stuff? Uh, what stands out for you about the, the entire conference, uh, starting with, uh, of course, your Sixers, who look pretty good? Yeah, the Sixers have dropped a couple to row, but they're banged up. MB didn't play in the one loss. Simmons left after 10 minutes of the second. They're going to be great defensively, one of the better teams in the league. They're still trying to figure things out offensively. I don't think Tobias Harris is a max player necessarily. Max human being. I don't know if he's a max basketball player, but he was worth it for the Sixers if they're willing to go into the tax because they weren't going to do any better, and they do need his scoring. So, look, overall, you still wonder a little bit about the lack of a sharp shooter. They've got guys who can shoot, but not necessarily a marksman with the loss of Reddick. And you wonder a little bit about the closing minutes of the game because Simmons still doesn't have complete confidence in that jumper, which is a problem. And, you know, Embiid's a big, so you can't just go and give him the ball like you could a Harden 50 feet away from the bucket. So there still are some questions, but they look good. Milwaukee gets the benefit of the doubt. They're coming off a 61 season. Greek Freak is ridiculous. And if he hits four of seven threes like he did last night, good luck. I don't know what you do with him. And I still think it's those two. Now, beyond that, Boston's pretty good. I always felt like they could push the maybe 50 wins if things break right. Uh, I think the Pistons have good depth. They look like a playoff team, but they're not there with Miami. They've been a little bit more impressive at this stage. Jimmy Butler's given them an you know, injection, to say the least. We'll see if they can sustain the success. And let's throw a little love the Hornets' way. We're sitting here at 4-3. They've got a relatively winnable game tonight. And they lost Kemba Walker and were buried in the offseason. Nobody talked about the Hornets. So I'll give them a little credit. Probably have to do it now because they'll probably start losing eventually. <laughs> Yeah, De- Devontae Graham with the Hornets and Kendrick Nunn. I mean, you got to do your homework, Tom. These guys uh, stepping up. We know Kay Nunn here from his uh, Oakland U days just three miles right, down the road right. from the Palace. But that's kind of the cool thing, I guess, about the start of the year is some of these guys coming out of nowhere. Yeah, I remember there was one night in particular, one show runs into the next now, but I was amazed at who we were actually considering for three stars at night. And I asked my producers, 
do you think half our audience, and these are hardcore NBA fans if they're listening to Sirius XM NBA radio, even heard of half these guys? It was just a wild night because typically the stars are the ones who star in any particular game. But it is fun, to your point, when you have guys who seemingly out of nowhere start to play really well. And, you know, look at other guys who are young. Now, we know who he is, of course, but look at Luka Doncic. And you know me, I, Matt, you listen. Often enough, I'm really high on Luke. I had a number four in our top 25 guys to start a franchise with list, and I was higher than anybody on the station. He's an MVP candidate right now. But this is ridiculous. He's 20 years old. Now, at the end of the year, I don't think he's going to win MVPs. Let me make that clear. Uh, But he's going to win maybe a couple in the pretty near future. He's that good. He's reaffirming that early. So I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I don't know how you feel about it, Matt, but that's been a lousy fit. They're lucky to have the record they have. I'm a little concerned about Houston, but plenty of time to get it together. Tom Byrne with me from SiriusXM NBA Radio. You know, the Pistons that you, you just talked about it are not maybe built the way some of these other teams are built right now. You said with Griffin and, and with Andre, kind of two bigs out there, but Blake's handling the ball. You know, even a night like last night where Tony Snell, who's who's a professional, you know, and like you mentioned, a marksman goes six for six and, and knocks down these threes. It's it's those type of nights from different type of guys each night that's going to have to help the Pistons win until Blake comes back, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, they've got this set up by committee. It's not going to be one guy to help them carry load each and every night. I think Derrick Rose has been outstanding, but he's played so well, Matt. Is it possibly sustain the success? I'm not so sure. So that's a little concerning, too. He's going to go backward. But, you know, look, Blake is the all-NBA guy. Blake's the guy that have the enormously high usage rate. And so there are some positives that can come out of this. Sometimes when you have injuries, you know, role players find some confidence in a rhythm they otherwise would not have had. That's got to be the hope for Dwayne Casey. You know, some nights they show it. Other nights they don't. You made the point about the Knicks. I can't remember if it was on or off air. We all know they're a lousy basketball team, and that's being kind. <laughs> so you can't wait, you can't wave the pom-poms after a win over the Knicks. So I go back and forth on the Detroit team. At the end of the day, I'm probably where I was before the year. A team that's going to be, you know, a seven seed, maybe somewhere in that range and, you know, flirting with 500 all year. But I guess you could paint the picture that they're four and five without Blake Griffin. Maybe they could be a little better because Griffin truly is the needle mover. But to your point, yeah, obviously it's going to have to be by committee. Brown's going to have to be a guy who steps up. Snell's going to have to be a guy who steps up. Kennard's going to have to have a night or two where he hits five, six threes. Everybody's going to have to play a role. Morris, too. It's kind of crazy because you, you look at it and how we, we talk about building franchises and, and, and teams tanking. It's never been the Pistons' M.O., whether it was Joe Dumars running it or now Ed Stefanski, to actually lose games and, and try to get these these high draft picks. And you kind of just look at it as luck of the draw. The Pistons have never really had that. You know, Seku was taken 15th, and two spots ahead was Tyler Hero, who all of a sudden looks like as good of a rookie as anybody right now. Yeah, he sure does. A little like Devin Booker, right? Guys who were at a university where there was a ridiculous amount of talent around them. So therefore they weren't given the basketball or the opportunity offensively as much as you might assume somebody their talents would look at Booker. He's been an absolute beast. I thought about Doncic being a nice little early surprise books in that conversation. So I'm not saying hero is going to be Devin Booker, but he's going to be a big time scorer. That part of the equation we already know and give Miami a little credit because they felt like a middling organization. They probably still are. But when you hit on picks like this, and it's a little too early, small sample size, but assuming that hero is who we think he now is, then, you know, when you hit on picks where they did, that expediates the rebuild process awfully quickly. No, it really does. Uh, anything uh, catch your eye as far as disappointment so far in the young season? 
Yeah, I think I mentioned the Rockets. They've got to be a disappointment. And I know people are going to say, well, wait a minute. They're, you know, they're above 500. It's not a complete. Forget about that. If you look at their efficiency differential, they should be a much worse team. They're not going to get done right now. Defensively, they're pathetic. That's not a huge shock, but they should be better defensively. And offensively, they're not exactly hitting on all cylinders either. Again, it's a lot of standing around and watching James Harden. And when he's not knocking down the shots consistently, that could be a problem because now other guys don't get in the rhythm. And what do you do with Russell Westbrook? In a big moment when you're going to start your play with the high James Harden pick and roll and slow it down in the half court, now Russ is a guy standing in the corner. is the second-worst high-volume three-point shooter in the history of the sport. So they've got a lot to figure out. They've got to get Russ out for some easy buckets and try to find a good balance of getting out for easy buckets with Russ and playing slow in the half court with Harden. Look, we knew this was going to take time, but they look lousy right now. If you asked me, relative to expectation, there were a lot of people who thought they could win 55 games. They are the biggest disappointment to me. What about the coaches' challenges and some of these these new rules? I know the, the NBA, the last thing they want to do is turn into the NFL and slow the game down to the point where there's red flags being thrown by coaches, but um, I, I don't like it. I'm interested in what you think of it. Yeah, I don't know what I think of it yet, but I'm probably leaning in that direction simply based on the idea that I'm leaning in that direction in nearly every sport now. There was a time, Matt, where I was – a pro let's get it right guy but it takes so freaking long which is a problem in its own right because it's 2019 but our technology shouldn't take this long all these reviews any sport not just the nba the nfl too my goodness they take so long that at this point just forget it and what's worse the nfl they're so stubborn it doesn't matter if you challenge pass interference the guy could run him over with a bulldozer <laughs> you're not going to get that overturned no. we found that out a million times over already so i don't know why these coaches continue to waste their time so the whole thing has just become an abomination. It really has. And so from that standpoint, I'm with you. Let's not make this a situation where we're sitting there for two hours and 45 minutes watching the basketball game. That, that can't be a good thing. So let's keep the rhythm. Too many whistles, too. That's another thing in the early portion of the season. Let's keep a rhythm to these games. Final thing uh, for Tom Byrne, Sirius XM NBA radio host, and you also hear him on Mad Dog on Saturdays and Sunday nights for the, the point after. Mentioned before about the NBA and NFL. I mean, to me, those are the top two uh, you know, professional sports right now in terms of popularity. The NFL has taken a lot of hits with the officiating and, and with the Al Riveron situation. It seems like every week. Can, can the NBA, with the, with the young stars and developing talent, eventually bypass the NFL if, if this stuff continues with football or no way? The only way that would happen is if football has a major issue with head trauma. Let's hope that's not the case. Um, and they have to significantly change rules. I mean, everybody loves the NFL. It's just a situation where their ratings just be, are behemothly. Is that a word, Matt? Behemothly? <laughs> you were going close. going over vocabulary with my son. We're looking for new words. I don't know if behemothly is, but you get the point. I mean, it's just ridiculous how they trump everybody else in terms of the ratings. So I can't sit here and say NBA basketball is going to catch them anytime in the near future. But in terms of which sport is on the come up most, and, you know, again, there are some other issues with the league, obviously, swirling right now. But the league, generally speaking, on the come up is the NBA. And, and you look at it and you go, okay, Tom Brady, been there, done that, an MVP so many years and Super Bowl so many years. But, like, LeBron comes back, and it's almost like it's a new team, a new LeBron this year for the Lakers because he sat out most of last year. And now that whole roster got out in L.A. It's kind of been reborn. So if you hate him you're finding more reasons to dislike him because that team's off to a good start. And if you like him, you're like, oh, this is cool. LeBron's got Anthony Davis next to him. It's it's a fresh story. 
Yeah, it is, and I like the idea. We don't know who the winner is going to be. Now, look, we were all proven wrong. The Warriors didn't win, but that's only because of injury. Let's be real about it. This year, I don't know who's going to win. I think the Clippers. But Milwaukee, Philly, uh, both teams in L.A., not just the Clips. Even the likes of the Portland Trailblazers, unrealistic as it might be, think they could win a championship. Utah for sure, Denver. So that's a fun element that you have going into this year. There's no doubt about it. Um, I love the young stars in the league, you know, the Doncic's, the Embiid's of the world. So the league's in good hands from that perspective. So, yeah, they got a lot of things going for them, bro. Real, real well right now, Matt. I hope, uh, you know, Detroit could get aboard. Let's get some butts in the seats downtown. How they do it <laughs> attendance-wise? Tell me. Um, a little bit better, but I, I, I'm with you. I think, uh, I think this team has got to... I think once Blake Griffin comes back, and, and I think they're a little bit more fun. I, I think there will be more people there, but uh, you know, at least the at least the seats aren't red anymore, so everybody can see on TV all the empties yeah, they, they, they painted them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point because man, they stuck out like a freaking sore thumb. The red seats. It's a good idea to you know maybe go in a different direction. I'm with you there. They they totally did that. All right, Tom. Uh, always love the conversation. Thanks so much. No problem, Matt. Anytime, I mean. There's Tom Byrne, host on Sirius XM NBA Radio's NBA postgame show each and every night, Monday through Friday. And you also can hear him on uh, Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Saturdays and Sundays for the point after. And, uh, you know, Tom brings up a lot of good points. Man, every single night it can be a different guy. And that's kind of where, and I'm not comparing this to the 04 team, but, you know, when the Pistons kind of had their run, there under Rick Carlisle and Larry Brown, the most recent really good teams, it was a different guy every night. And, you know, Wednesday night to see Tony Snell go 6-for-6 six six from 3, go 9-for-9 nine nine from the field, score 24 points. And Markeith Morris chip in with 22. And Andre Drummond is 27-12 and 12 on 12-for-16 12 shooting. That's how you win games. And I know it's the Knicks, and I know it's, you know, the, 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 that struggling outfit from Madison Square Garden. But regardless... You know, right now when you're playing without all these players uh, and you have all these injuries, you take any wins um, that you can get. And so a reminder, the Pistons will be back at it on Friday evening against the Indiana Pacers for a 7 o'clock start from Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Detroit's already taken the first two in the season series from the Pacers, who come in at 4-4. Four and four. Monday night at Little Caesars Arena, Pistons and the Timberwolves at 7. Then they go on a back-to-back. This will not be an easy game at Miami on Tuesday night at 7.30 to face Kendrick Nunn, the former Oakland University Golden Grizzly in the Heat, and then on to Charlotte next Friday night for a road game, and then that's what the next week um, looks like. It's kind of strange. The next two weekends, the Pistons don't play on Saturday or Sunday. That'll do it for Wired, brought to you by Jeep. My name has been Matt Derry and continues to be Matt Derry. We will talk again next week. Thanks to Tom Byrne for joining us, and thank you for listening.